Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us for this time today. We hope that this message will encourage you, build your faith, and help you thrive with God and thrive in life. Now to the message. It's such a blessing and an honor to be here with you all. You have two amazing pastors that you get to sit under week by week. Pastors Josiah and Natalie, they are, of course, you know them, but people of integrity and I don't think I've ever met a happier guy in life, but especially on the golf course than Josiah. (laughs) I tell you, that is where the flesh looks to come out is on the golf course. And your pastor kept the flesh under the entire time. And in fact, offered me a ball or two from his few that he desperately needed. So I just, I tell you, you guys have a real man of God. But it just, I mean, we know golf's all that stuff kidding away. You have people that love the Lord, genuinely love the Lord. And uh, again, I, I get to do a little bit of traveling. I, I pastor a church in Red Deer. Uh, but the little travels that I get to do, it's such refreshing when you come into uh, an atmosphere where Josiah and Natalie are at and you just go, oh, it feels like home. Anybody ever felt that before? Yeah. Anybody ever felt that before? You probably walked in the, and you're wondering, like, what, what is it about the church? Yes, it's the presence of God. But do you know that, I mean, I've, again, I was doing some study on your guys' church a little bit these last couple weeks. And just seeing where the whole purpose of this church is centered around Jesus, it's beautiful. I mean, it's not, yes, we honor the man and woman of God that he's bringing us, but they turn around and give all the glory to God. I think it is so precious. And so I'm truly honored that you guys have invited me to be part of what God is already doing in Thrive. And so it's a thriving church. Come on, any, any thrivers in the house? You! I, I would kick my pants, but I, I actually ripped them earlier on today. So, so just, if you see me just doing this, it's no reason other than there's something little going on down there. But I'll, Just so that we're clear on that going, what's wrong with that guy? Nothing, I'd love to kick, but these were a little bit tighter than I thought. I'm a, I'm a dad of four kids, and so my greatest fear is to get a dad bod. And I refuse, so I will do everything in my power to fit these size 30, 14 years. All right. Well, let's pray before we jump into this. Father, we thank you so much for your word. And Lord, you said in your word that you are watching over your word to perform it in our lives. So Father, we thank you for your word. It is alive and it is active. Lord, we give you the glory and all the praise that you have given us the teacher, the Holy Spirit to indwell us. And we thank you, Father, that you are custom making a message and a word and season for every family, every individual present here. And we give you praise in advance in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Now, uh, there was just some things, you know, uh, about a little over a month or so ago, uh, there, I, was in a, I was in a meeting, and there was this phrase that leapt out to me of these speakers, this minister was, was speaking, and she had said, she said these words, it's important for us in these last days to be good spirits. And that phrase, I know it may sound kind of odd, but it kind of leapt inside of me, and I went, Lord, what, what is that? And I want to just share some things with you that have been just in my heart for this last little bit, and I'm going to just overloaded on you. Uh, But one thing about that I've just really started to see is I want to start operating and functioning according to my God-given design. And again, we know that we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a physical body. You know, we are not sent here on this earth looking for supernatural experiences. You are a physical being, or sorry, you are a spiritual being temporarily sent here for a natural human existence. 
So it's so crucial that all times we kind of look for things. We're looking for a feeling. We're looking, Lord, I want to just feel you. That's great when that happens, but you're not looking for those things. That's where you are. You are. We're looking for a move of God. No, no, you are a move of God. We're looking for God to do things in our life, but in fact, he has already moved and actually he wants us to cooperate with him. So with that phrase, be good spirits, our soul is greatly involved with you and I operating in our God-given design. Now, when I say soul, I mean our, our mind, our will, our emotions, our thought process, so to speak. And I want to just take some time just to delve into this a little bit, because I believe, especially in these last days, it's crucial that the church have a sound mind. Anybody hear me this morning, this afternoon? We need a sound mind. So if you turn with me, go to John chapter 3, and I'm reading to you. I got a few different uh, translations that are going on there, and they're on the screen. That is a beautiful confidence monitor. Man, that, I'm going to just close that right here. Here it is. You are on it, man. I tell you, Thrive is thriving in every area. But in John chapter 3, we all know this. You may have heard this many times, and I want to just bring it to you again. And you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So it's crucial that we don't just hear it once. We have to keep hearing it, keep hearing it, because we want to also water the word that we've received. And in John's gospel, we know this Nicodemus was a Pharisee, and he was real interested in Jesus. And in verses 1, 2, 3, he came secretly at nighttime because he didn't want the other Pharisees to know about it. So he came in there, sneaked on in, had a meeting with Jesus. And he's talking about, like, Jesus, we know that you come from God because, man, the amazing miracles that you do, there's something about you that, hey, you must come from the Father. And so Jesus turned around and rather than saying, you know what, Nicodemus, I did come from the Father. I'm a pretty big deal around here. <laughs> he, he actually put the conversation and in showing you and I how to now walk in this same authority and actually start operating and working in the same realm that Jesus operated in. And he said in verse 3, Jesus answered him. He said, I, I assure you, most solemnly I tell you that unless a person is born again, anew from above, he cannot ever see or know, be acquainted with and experience the kingdom of God. Now, if we look at it, you could look at it, if you guys don't mind, go back to verse 3 for a sec again. But if you look at this, if you have accepted uh, this rebirth, if you have been reborn, born from above, you can know and be acquainted with the kingdom of God's realm. Right? So it's just as much as what Jesus is saying is true. Well, on the other hand, it's true as well. If you have been born from above, you can operate and experience this kingdom realm. Right? Verse 4 Jesus goes on to say, or Nicodemus, I should say, how can a man be born again when he is old? Can he enter his mother's womb again and be reborn? Any mamas in the house that want to rebirth your elderly son or daughter? No, thank you. <laughs> so again, talking from a natural perspective, and so Jesus has said, answered again, assure you, most solemnly I tell you, unless a man is born of water and the spirit, he cannot even enter the kingdom of God. You know, another uh, paraphrase, if the mirror Bible, the mirror translation, anybody heard of the mirror? Oh, well here, that's a little fun thing for you. The mirror Bible says it like this, is you have to get this. And this is what Jesus is saying in verse five. Unless someone is born out of water and spirit, there would be no possible connection with the realm of God. There is no possible connection with the realm of God. But the moment you have been reborn from above, what is it? There is connection again to the realm of God. So anybody here accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? You've been rebirthed. 
Well, guess what? You are now connected to the realm of God. Now, that's not just hype. That's reality. That's exciting stuff. And we got to get this in our thinking. This is now who I am. I am now divinely connected to this realm. Then verse 6, Jesus laid it out. He said, what is born from the flesh is flesh, or that that is physical is physical, and what is born of the Spirit is spirit. Jesus paid a tremendous price for you and I to now have access into the realm of God. He paid way too high of a price for you to be ignorant of what he's wanting to do in this earth, as from heaven on this earth. He paid a tremendous price for that. So again, the reason for this rebirthing is so that you could be refathered by God. Now, as an ambassador, I have been sent here from heaven to now bring heaven's culture into Calgary. That's what I'm called to do. That's my role as an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ, right? So not only this, through the sacrifice of Jesus, not only have I been rebirthed, but also I have now been given citizenship. Say that with me, citizenship. This is who I am. I'm a citizen of heaven. Let me give you a couple of verses here as well. Philippians chapter 3, verses 18 through 21. And you guys have the Amplified Classic, which is very nice. I only have the amp on here. Anybody know there's two Amplifieds now? Oh, man, there's two Amplifieds. This is the classic one. This is just what you need. You guys are like thriving on so many levels yet again. But the verse 18, this is the Apostle Paul, and he's speaking to the church, obviously in Philippi. And he's talking about certain individuals. He said, there are many of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears in my eyes who walk or they live as enemies of the cross of Christ, the anointed one. They are doomed and their fate is in eternal misery. Their God is their stomach, their appetites, their sensuality. And they glory in their shame, siding with earthly things and being uh, of their party. The, the new Amplified says it like this. Um, it says, they are, oh, sorry, guys. And um, their focus, their mindset is on the earthly and the temporal. And then verse 19, Paul goes on to say, or verse 20, but we are different. Say it, I am different. Now, you're going to be reading Amplified Classic. I'm going to just read you the Amplified. But we are different because our citizenship is in heaven, and from there we eagerly await the coming of the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by exerting, verse 21, the power which enables him even to subject everything to himself, I love this part, will not only transform, but he will completely refashion our earthly body so that we will be like his glorious resurrected body. Yeehaw! No more dad bod! I'm getting a new body. How about you? Yes, you are. That's what we're our gloriously awaiting for. But I want you to see is that the carnal man, their focusing is on their, actually, it actually says some translation, that their mind is in the dirt. They're so focused on what's taking place right now. And Ephesians 2.19, in order to be scriptural, you have to have scripture. So I'm just simply giving you scriptures, just laying a foundation before we're getting to today. And I know Josiah gives you a lot of good scriptures here. But Ephesians 2.19, it says this in the Passion, so you are not foreigners or guests, but rather you are the children of the city of the holy ones with all the rights as family members of the household of God. 
You know, one thing I've come to realize in my short life so far is not only is it good to know who I am, it's also good to know who I am not. And one of the things that we see in the Ephesians 2.19, who I am not, I am not a guest to heaven. And I can't live. And this is one thing I think that's being detrimental in the church world is that we have guest mentality, meaning we're looking for these supernatural experiences. We're looking for all these things. And I'm going to share with you in a little bit. But what Jesus came to give you and I is a heaven to earth mentality, not a earth to heaven mentality. There's a major difference between the two. And we're going to take some time to talk about that a little bit. But what Jesus came to give you and I is get out of this guest or mentality. Instead, I am a citizen of heaven and I am a heir of God's household. I'm not applying for permanent residency in heaven. I got it. <laughs> Anybody a permanent resident of Canada? Yeah, come on now. Yeah, hey, hey. <laughs> I am too, but, but I, you don't have to apply for it. It has, the work has been done <clears throat> And your and my job is simply to go, I believe what Jesus has done. I confess that he is Lord. I believe his work on the cross and the blood of Jesus has cleansed me from all sin consciousness. That alone qualifies you to now become an heir of everything heaven has to offer. Isn't that good news? This is beautiful. So again, this is where a transformation of our souls take place because we have to stop thinking like we're guests. That we visit heaven once in a while. I got a problem. I better pray about it because I need some you know, divine intervention on this. That's good and I, I get that. But if we could elevate our thinking a little bit higher rather than going an earth to heaven mindset, I'm actually originated from this place. Another way of saying it is like this. Heaven is not my goal. Heaven is my starting place. Because anytime you start out on the word, you start out on the answer. And where the world is looking for answers, and they're looking for it in science, they're looking for it in education, they're looking for it in politics, listen, eventually those things, get they finally find their answer in the word. So when you start out on the word, you actually start out on the highest thought possible. You start out exactly where God is able to give the proper answer for whatever situation you may be facing. Can I get an uh-huh? Okay, now I'm just, just checking. Thrive is fun. I like it here. This is fun. All right. So now, to, let's just talk about this. To live earth to heaven is to constantly talk to God about the problems and the needs down here. It would sound, oh God, don't you see how crazy this world is? Don't you understand what's taking place? God, don't you see the sickness in this body? Don't you understand what the doctors are saying? Don't you understand that they gave me a death sentence? Or I can't afford that. There's no way I can do that type of thing. Lord, I know you've asked me, how on earth is that supposed to get done? It's bringing all of your woes to God. But, I mean, if you really think about it, we are not informing God of anything that he's not aware of. He already knows all of that. So instead, what is the father looking for? He's looking for partnership with his church. He's looking for you and I to be the ambassadors that he's called us to be. So we start operating from a heaven to earth mindset. Now, a heaven to earth mindset is just simply this. It's you talk on this earth, on this planet that you are temporarily sent to here. You talk as if you were home. 
I talk from where my home is. I talk from what my father already says about it. So that's why we go to the word and we say, Lord, you said in your word and you start proclaiming and declaring what God has already done through the finished works of Jesus. So there's a different sound that comes between a earth to heaven mindset versus a heaven to earth mindset. And a lot of times what we would call that, 2 Corinthians 4, there's a word for that. They call it the spirit of faith. Because the spirit of faith, if you look at that in 2 Corinthians 4, 13, it's this, I have believed, therefore I speak. We also believe and therefore speak. See, what the earth to heaven mindset is, is, oh God, could you just come down and touch me? Oh God, could you just come down and do a work in this city? Oh God, could you just do a work in my family? Listen, he's already come down and has done the work. So what faith, the spirit of faith is, or this heaven to earth mindset, is already starting to speak out what Jesus has already done on your and my behalf. Man, isn't that wonderful? That's good stuff. Now, <clears throat> Hallelujah. Now, Ephesians chapter 1, let's go there for a moment. And I want you to see again this partnership. The book of Ephesians is delicious in all of its, if you're going to eat that up, go for it. But in the Message Bible, particularly in verse 23, Ephesians 1.23, I think on there, you're going to see a whole lot of verses. Uh, but it says at the very bottom part of it, um, okay, you see that the very last sentence, the church, uh, where is it? Over here it is, the church you see. The church you see, you see that? Okay. The church you see is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. Now, what does peripheral mean? Outside, it's kind of a, a, on the sidelines a little bit, right? So the church is not sidelined to the earth or the world, though how the world is operating. Instead, the world is peripheral to the church. This is the mindset that we of the church have to have. We're not here to just, you know, hang out a little bit and just hold on till Jesus comes here. We are here to take over. That's the mindset that we have to take on because, again, we have a heaven-to-earth mindset. And notice this about the church. The church is Christ's body in which he, Jesus, he speaks and he acts and by which he fills everything with his presence. So when God, how is God going to move in Calgary? It's going to be through the church. It's going to be through you. How is he going to act in Calgary? It's going to be through the church. We don't have to wait for a politician. We don't have to wait. Oh, God, can you please? Listen, he, he's ready. What he needs is cooperation between the head and the body, and until the, the body lines up with the head, the head has to patiently wait until there's cooperation again. Sometimes we think, Jesus, just come and do whatever you want to do. He can't, because in his sovereignty, he has limited himself to operating and working through his church. So if God's going to move, guess what it's going to be through? It's going to be through us. And so we have to start developing this now, church, because, hey, who knows what's coming down the pipe in this crazy world? So we've got to be aware of this heaven-to-earth mindset. And I'll just give you an example in uh, 1 Kings chapter 17, and this is the story of Elijah. I, I encourage you, man, read through it. it is, it's so fun to go through. But this is a heaven-to-earth mindset. And uh, Elijah the Tishbite of the temporary residence of Gilead said to Ahab, the king of Israel, who was nuts, and 
Talk about a weak man. That's your guy. As the Lord, the God of Israel, this is what uh, Elijah's saying, as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, now notice these next four words, before him I stand. Where is he standing? I thought he was standing before King Ahab. He is. But where else is he conscious of where he's standing? Before the Lord, whom I stand, there shall not be dew or rain these years, but according to my word. <clears throat> That's pretty bold. How do you sound? That sounds real arrogant. No, this sounds like a heaven to earth communication. This sounds like a man who understands his spot with God. Now for you and I, we are established on better promises. We got a better covenant. In fact, the Bible says that we are actually seated with him in heavenly places. We already are there. So are you aware of your standing? Are you aware that you are just as much as you are here? Spiritually speaking, you are right there with him. Everything operates from that throne. So really what I found in my own personal life that what happens in my natural ministry, my natural life, first takes place up there. I have to clock into my heavenly ministry. This is where I belong. This is where I operate from because it is a heaven to earth mindset. It is a heaven to earth ministry. What you and I are called to, it may be called, there's, you may be doing natural tasks and a natural job. That's wonderful. But don't forget, first and foremost, you have a heavenly position in Christ Jesus that affects everything that takes place down here. So make sure you clock into your heavenly ministry. I don't want the Lord all of a sudden look at my clocking sheet and go, hmm, didn't show up for work a few days there, housing. We got to pick it up a little bit here. I want to clock in. Now, okay, so whose point of view, or I guess if you are in social media, the, your POV, <laughs> a POV, <laughs> I, just, I actually just learned that not too long ago. A POV is like, POV, what's a POV? Yeah. I just, because like whatever the lady that does the recording, she says, Pav, and then she'll say something. I'm like, Pav, what is Pav? You Google it, Pav, there's no answer for it. And finally, said, oh, your point of view. Oh, man. So I'm excited about it because that's what I'm going to be speaking to you a little bit about it. So what, what Pav are you living from? What POV are you living and thinking and operating from? Huh. Now, again, we are called to live from heaven's perspective or our father's perspective and we know the world is doing everything it possibly can to bring its perspective as well it is 24 7 through the news through the education system through the outlet of the, all the medias and everything that's going on it's there to constantly bombard your mind with its own point of view and every word first corinthians 14, I believe, tells us that every word is not without its own significance, meaning there is motive, there is purpose behind everything you hear, everything you see. The purpose of it is actually to get down into your heart so you start talking what you're seeing. See, the problem as a believer, if we're to squeeze you and out comes Fox News, you sound like Tucker Carlson? Great, wonderful. Or we squeeze you and you sound like MSNBC or CNN or ABC. The problem is, is that you are actually filling yourself up with the thoughts of this world. And again, some of it's not wrong to be informed, but we have got to start off with the answer that whenever it gets squeezed or when the trials and tribulations come to this earth, that God's got ambassadors he can speak through that no matter how much pressure the natural world brings, you get squeezed and you go, glory to God. This is what heaven says. You're getting squeezed and you sound like heaven. You sound like it because that's what this earth desperately needs. 
That's what Jesus needs on this earth. Now look here in Isaiah chapter 55. Again, so what perspective or point of view are you coming from? Every time somebody comes to the Lord and they accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, we know a spiritual rebirth has take place, but it doesn't just end there. That's the beginning part of a lifelong journey of now changing the way that you think. And a lot of times I think the church, we kind of stop. We go, it's all good. Heaven's my home. Yeah, da, da, da. But you're forgetting actually now there's a bigger role to you. There's so much more than just I'm in heaven and I, I'll just go to church once a week. Yeah, you come and you get filled up. This, I kind of view church as a locker room. This is where we come, we get fed, we, oh, we get jacked up on Jesus. And then we go out and we absolutely take over everywhere we go. So I want you to see this. So this is what God's perspective is when it comes to somebody who comes to him. So he says, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man, his what? His thoughts. Okay. And let him return to the Lord and he will have, uh, will have love, pity, and mercy on him. And to our God, he will multiply to him his uh, abundant pardon. Then verse eight, God goes on to say, for my Come on, y'all, my what? This is God speaking. My thoughts are not Canadian thoughts. God doesn't think Canadian. God doesn't think like a Calgarian. He thinks like Red Deer. <laughs> I'm just kidding, just kidding. I don't even know how Red Deer thinks. He doesn't think like an Albertan. He doesn't think like a conservative. He doesn't think like a liberal. He thinks like God. My thoughts are not your thoughts. And neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. He's not kidding. The good news in all this is, 1 Corinthians 2 actually lays out for you and I, that now you have received the Spirit who is from God, and you're able to understand the thoughts, the intents, and the purposes of his heart. So your job as an ambassador is really easy. When you have the spirit of the one living inside of you, and he's revealing and showing it all to you, all it takes is some time to be with him to start to learn his ways. Start, And I just find this to be the great exchange when I go, Lord, here's what I was thinking, but what do you say about this situation? That's the key to all of this. And that's how the head can now work with the body to carry out his purpose right? You know, in the book of James, James chapter one, I don't have that on the screen, but verse 21, I'll read it to you real quick. It says, welcome the word which rooted in your heart has the power to save your soul. So what you and I are part of, you know, that the Greek for the word welcome simply means this. It's to roll out the red carpet. When you say welcome, the same way how that beautiful greeting team, just you get welcomed right on in. Welcome to Thrive Church. What is it? We're throwing the red carpet. So why? When you walk in, what does it feel like? Oh. Oh. Well, the word is looking for the same exposure to your life. Is the red carpet thrown out for the word so that the, well, all of a sudden the word, when he walks up to you, you go, I found a home. I can make a home here. I can bring my thoughts. I can bring my ways to this guy. I, I can do it now. I'm able to do this because we're not so, well, this is my culture. This is what my family taught me. This is the nation I come from. This is what they told me. This is how it's supposed to be. This is how it's going to be. No, we have to let go forsake all of those things because it could be, I'm just going to lay this out to you. It could be that God doesn't think like you. I don't know, maybe. I, one of the greatest revelations I've received from my own self is God is smarter than me. And I'm not him. 
So what do I want to constantly do is, Lord, I'm presenting this thought to you. He's got thoughts on marriage. He's got thoughts on raising children. He's got thoughts on arguing. He's got thoughts on money. He's got thoughts on health. He's got thoughts on that guy that's talking nasty about you. He's got thoughts on every area that touches human life. He's got a thought and a way on. Are you operating in it? Because really what you're going to see, kind of what Pastor Josiah was mentioning earlier about the word being planted and there's this, this time and then there's this harvest. Are we seeing the harvest that we originally planted with the word of God? Are we seeing that same result? That's one we got to check up on. Okay. I'm glad you're excited about that. Now, ways of thinking really comes back to identification. It all comes back to that. And according to the word of God, there is only two individuals you can identify with. There's not option one, option two, and then there's a third option, which is me. There's only two options. Okay, say with me, two options. So this whole earth is identifying with one of these two individuals. Are you ready? The first one is Adam. The second one is Jesus. The Bible, really, you have in your lap, is only about two men. It's about the first Adam made out of dust, and the second Adam who came from heaven. Who are you identifying with? Because whoever you identify with is the way you're going to lean, and your thoughts are going to just gravitate towards who you lean towards. So look at this in 1 Corinthians 15, beautiful chapter. But in 47 through 40, now we're going to just read this. It says, the first man, Adam, was out of the earth, made of dust, earthly-minded. The second man is the Lord from out of heaven. Verse 48. Now those who are made of the dust are like him who was made out of the dust. You know, I'm going to just read it to you from uh, the Amplified, the, just the AMP, not the AMPC. But the AMP, it says it like this. As is the earthly man, the man of dust, so are those of the earth. And as is the heavenly man, so are those of the heavens. So what is he saying? If all you think about is earthly, then all you participate in is earth. So you have to choose, who am I identifying with? Am I going to identify with the first man, Adam? As goes the earth, so goes the earthy. And Romans 8 talks so much about your mind. If you are constantly filling your thoughts uh, of the flesh, Right? Or even just not even just sinful things, it's just carnal things. Again, like we're saying, if you're filling your minds only what, you know, this is what the broadcast saying, these are what the politicians saying, this is what the education, all these things, information overload. If all you are is filling your thoughts that way, the Bible actually said it leads to death. And death doesn't just mean like it's not saying necessarily spiritual death, it means death to your emotions where we have a culture filled with anxiety. We have a culture filled with depression. Why is all this taking place? Because we have a mind set to the flesh. So as, so as goes the earth, so goes the earthy. If the earth goes into recession, so does the earthy. Can you see it? It just follows suit. Well, how much more then? Again, what he's saying in verse 48, as is the heavenly man, so are those who are of heaven. So how goes heaven? So goes the heavenly minded. How goes heaven? So that's where I go because my mindset 
is attached to the heavenly realm. So you can see when you hear this word, be good spirits, I went, okay, Lord, what is that all saying? And I'm so glad the Lord took me on this little bit of a trail here because I'm going, Lord, I need to establish some thought patterns here that line up with your word so that my spirit has access and can start preaching to my mind. Okay, now let's move on here a little bit. Identifying with Jesus requires a complete mind renewal, a complete overhaul. So look at this in Colossians chapter 3. It says Christ's resurrection. And before I read this, I was listening to this gentleman by the name of Kenneth E. Hagin. I don't know if you've ever heard of him before. And he said one thing, if you want to continually walk in the supernatural realm of God, there's three things that I've found in my life to be true. Number one, he says, is that I'm quick to repent. Say with me, quick to repent. Number two, I'm quick to forgive. And number three is I'm quick to believe. Now, I don't want to take a long time to be convinced that this is true. So I found a lot of times in my daily Bible reading, when I'm spending time with the Lord, I'll stop and I'll go, I believe that. I'm quick to believe. I'm not one of those, oh, convince me, prove it to me, show me, I need to see, you know, evidence. And da, 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 da. No, no. Jesus is my Lord. His word is final authority in my life. I believe it to be true. So I am quick to believe that this is so. Any else, anybody else quick here in here this morning? We're quick, we're quick, we're quick. So all of a sudden you see a scripture like this, Colossians chapter 3, where he says, Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. What do I do? I believe that. Any other believers here? Listen, as we're, anybody here, we're called believers. So what does that mean? We believe. So when I see this verse, it says, Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. Prove it. I don't have to. It's right there in the word. I believe it. He goes on to say, this is why we are to, come on, this is a real good word, yearn, to crave, to desire, to hunger for. Listen, when we read these verses, this is normal Christianity. See, anybody ever, like, from a natural perspective, if somebody's not feeling good naturally, what do they stop doing? They stop eating. Right? They're not, they're not real hungry. Well, so much we know that there's, there's a sickness, something going on. Well, the same way is in the spirit. If there is not a yearning or a hunger or a desire for all that is above, there's something that's off because from a spiritual perspective, you are created to yearn all that is above. That's, that's normal. That's why even Jesus said to the church in Laodicea, he said, I wish you were hot or cold, but there's this lukewarmness. There's no such thing as a lukewarm Christian. In fact, what does Jesus say he's going to do with it? Anybody have lukewarm coffee before? Kind of the same way. Or a lukewarm Pepsi or something like that. What do you feel? It's nasty. There's no such thing as a lukewarm believer. So you and I, what qualifies me or what shows me how hungry I am is I start yearning for all that is above He goes on, for that's where Christ sits, enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. Verse 2, he says, yes. What's the next thing we do? What does a spiritually hungry person do? They feast, they hork out on the word. Any horkers in the room? (laughs) I got a couple of friends that are in the southern states, and one of them, 
As we were just talking about like different things we heard, like in services, or whatever, and when you're when you're preaching, what some people say. This guy was from um, Arkansas, and he said, "I had one guy. We were we were preaching about like who you are in Christ, and he shouted out. This guy jumped up. We were preaching all this, and this guy jumped up and he said, "Let the wild hogs eat." It's like, you win, man. You absolutely. That's, I've never heard anything like that. So that's something we've adopted into our church as well. We just like, when we, when we see something good from the word of God, we just say, oh man, let the wild hogs eat. Let the wild hogs eat. That's maybe sound like a little Red Deerian, does it? It's, it's too classy for Calgary. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> but where we are, we're going to let the wild hogs eat. So he says, feast. Let the Calgarians eat in their tall towers. Whatever we want to do. <laughs> Let the wild hogs eat. Cause we did that together. Let the wild hogs eat. What are we feasting eating on? All of the treasures of the heavenly realm. And then fill your thoughts with heavenly realities. Why? Because there, what's everything else? And not the distractions of this natural world. That's all that this is. So again, this earth to heaven mindset is actually robbing you from operating your God-given design. You are here to actually administer what God has already done. The, the, the sick are supposed to be healed by you laying hands on them. That's only for special people. No, it's not. It's for those that feast on the treasures of the heavenly realm. That's, that's normal Christianity. That, hey, I see somebody sick and the Lord prompts me and leads me to that. I lay hands on them and because I'm a believer, they shall or they will recover. My job is not to make the recovery happen. My job is to be the yearner of all that is above. There's no sickness there. Well, hey, in this situation right here, I'm laying hands on you and I'm expecting healing to flow in you. That's how we administrate heaven on earth. And it all begins with you and I in our homes and starting to change the way we think by rolling out the red carpet for the word and saying, Lord, teach me. I want to see, I want to start operating. You know, in my early life, I used to think my biggest problem was a lack of dedication. You just got to be more dedicated to the church. You got to be more dedicated to, to tithing, more dedicated to helping out, more dedicated in your study, more dedication, sing louder, dedicate, dedicate, dedicate. You know what I learned is reading through the Ephesians prayers. You know what I'm talking about? Ephesians chapter one. Pray that the eyes of our hearts would be flooded with light. You know what fueled my dedication? Revelation of him. When you see who he is, it fuels me to go, oh, when I see him, I can't unsee him. It's burned inside of me where I go, I, I, I want him. And I want my life to be all his, whatever he needs, I am yours to command. Where does that come from? How do you get to that? That just sounds weird. No, it's because when you get to see him, and you're going to find out here, when you get a revelation of who he is, you actually get a revelation of who he's called you to be. Because Jesus is not just an example for you. He's an example of you. Jesus came to bring back again what God had intended for mankind since the beginning of Eden. So Jesus came to now reinforce what God had in his mind all along. You're not here to, you know, get your butt kicked by the devil, to be able to barely make it. You know, families in strife, kids don't know how to get along. All of this misery and this torment and the devil's just eating our lunch bag and then popping the bag. And we're thinking, well, this is just the Christian life. I just got to hold on. No, you are the victorious church. Jesus paid too high of a price for you and I to get our butts kicked by stinking devils 
So I don't know about you, but I think it's time that we start turning this around. The devil be scared of us. And how does that begin? Not you and I going, ah! It's beginning to feast on these treasures that are above. To yearn, get this heart where you go, man, I, I just want more of this Jesus. To begin to yearn for him. And the result is, man, those things now just start flowing out of you because that's who you already is. PTL, that means praise the Lord for those of you that know. <laughs> Verse three, I gotta finish up. If you could listen a little bit quicker, I could be done. <clears throat> Colossians, now look at this verse three. He says, your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tie to this life and now your true life, say it with me, true life. true life. How come people aren't living their true life? What's true life? Well, I, you know, I wake up and I, I you know, eat breakfast at 7.30, I get my Fruit Loops and then I go to work. That's true life. And I bring home the money and yeah, I go on vacation once in a while. That's woo, living, isn't it? Ooh, and I got to see you every once in a while. Yeah. Really? That's, that's it? Listen, your true life, where is it? Come on, y'all. Where, where is your true life? Because listen, are you living your true life? Because if I had a choice living true life, I would definitely not be in Alberta. I'd probably be in Florida or something. I'm more of a beach guy. I'll give me some waves. Give me like some golf courses that me and Josiah can practice a little bit on. Like give me something. But here, so obviously my true life, I can't go out there and discover my life somewhere. Because the sad thing is, is that wherever you go, you take you. And then all of a sudden, oh, I found myself. You will be very disappointed in who just you are. <laughs> Sorry to burst your bubble this afternoon. I, <laughs> Welcome to church. How was it? Well, I heard if I found myself, I'm going to be disappointed. Yes, because in myself, I am nothing. I have nothing, but my true life, I'm actually enjoying life. Anybody enjoying their life? Well, it's Thrive Church. You have to be. You're, you thrive with God and you thrive in your life. But notice this. Where is your true life? It is hidden. It's not hidden from you, it's hidden for you. Remember what God said in, uh, in uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, that what is the reward for those who diligently seek him? He's the reward. He's not, just, he's not revealing himself to the casual looker, he's going after and revealing himself to those who diligently seek after him. So my true life is hidden away in God, in Christ. So let me encourage you, in these epistles... Get out those in him verses. Find out in him, this is what I have. I, read, I went through Romans 5 just myself earlier this morning. I was reading through them. I'm going, there's four or five times I saw in him we have. Oh, and it says all the measures of the Godhead bodily. I, I have access to this grace, undeserved favor. I have access to everything heaven has to offer. I have that. Now we go, oh yeah, praise the Lord, that sounds good. Listen, when, it, when you see it, you can't unsee it. Okay, I got to finish these verses because I got 12 seconds left. <laughs> and as Christ himself is seen for who he really is, now notice this, as you spend time yearning and you spend time looking, what's the result? Who you really are will also be revealed. Why? Because you are now one with him in his glory. This is the greatest call that you and I have. When you and I see Christ Jesus for who he really is, man, it's beautiful. What he does, he turns it right around and he says, that's actually what I've put on the inside of you. And listen, that revelation will rock your world. I got three more verses and then I'm done. Colossians 3 verse 9. So he tells us, continuing, he says, lay aside your old Adam self. So it'd be lay it aside. Like sometimes anybody lay out their clothes the night before? No, I don't either. But some people do. 
And those people, they're amazing for one. How do you know what you're going to wear tomorrow? I don't know. My wife encourages me to, you should do that a little bit more so you're not as like, oh man, does this match, does this match? Because she changed my outfit twice today. And this is the result. For you. She said, no, Calgary's not going to like that. I don't know. <laughs> Anybody else wife dressed in this, uh, this afternoon? Anybody? Nobody else. Okay, Josiah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Man, you look good. Natalie, well done. Well done. So I have to lay aside. Now notice, this is my part. Well, if God just wants me to do it, he'll make me do it. No, you have a part in this. I have to lay aside my old Adam self with the thoughts, with my ways. I have to put those down. It's masquerade and it's disguises. Verse 10, it says, for you have acquired new creation life, which is continually being renewed into the likeness of the one who created you, giving you the full revelation of God. And verse 11, I love this. It says, in this new creation... Your nationality makes no difference. Or your ethnicity, your edu education or lack thereof, or economic status. They matter nothing. For it is Christ that means everything as he lives in every one of us. So I believe, church, my, my, my point to you would be this, this afternoon and what, what the Lord has been doing in and through you as a church family is just simply this, continue to be heaven to earth minded, not earth to heaven minded, because there is a call on this church that the Lord needs, that you are purposefully positioned, that you have the graces, everything that the Lord needs to accomplish his vision for what God has called you to do in this city is already in the house. It's already here. So it's not about looking what well, we need to get every seat filled. Yeah, that, that will come. But that's not at the purpose of you and I trying to figure out, okay, how do we get more people in the building? That will be a result of you and I yearning after the kingdom of God and saying, Lord, we are here to establish your will. And people come because of that. This Buildings are just a tool. Filled or not, it's just a tool. When you get people that are gathered to say, Lord, here's my heart. Here's what I'm called to do. I'm submitting myself to Pastors Josiah and Natalie. Lord, I'm here on purpose. I'm ready to do your will. Let's go at it. Watch what God can do. And only the Lord is able to tell because he's, he sees it, but what you're able to do in this city for him. Amen. Thank you for joining us for the Thrive Church podcast. We hope this message encouraged you, built your faith, and helped you thrive with God and thrive in life. We would love to see you on a Sunday soon, in person or online. You can get all the information at thrivecalgary.ca. If you would like to support a partner with Thrive Church financially, you can do so by going to thrivecalgary.ca and click the Give button. Know God is for you. We love you and have a great week.